0: It's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting.
1: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where we do our best to connect the dots between our physical, emotional, spiritual, and intellectual facets of who we are as human beings And my goodness, the last couple of years, and it's not uh, stopping yet, we have been faced with nothing but challenges, and it's how we're reacting to those challenges that are making up our lives at this moment. Um, I do encourage you to go to my website, www.SynergyConnectionRadio.com. And when you get there, you're going to see a link into Boomers And Boomer's is a nutritional company. I believe it to be a world-class company myself. I've used their products for five years now, and they are a sponsor of this show. But when I talk about the physical well-being of who we are, if you don't have that physical component in tip-top shape, then it's going to be very difficult for you to do the other three, the emotional, the intellectual, and the spiritual. Um, We have to be healthy. And we've learned that over the last two plus years, and we're still kind of in the throes of COVID and all of the different variants and whether or not people have maintained their health, you know, or not. Um, Some of that is because they don't know their inflammation level. And you can find that out by doing a C-reactive protein test. It's a simple blood test and you want the number to be below one. And I will tell you, I just had my physical and mine is a 0.1. So I don't have any inflammation running around in my body. And that's where disease comes from, is if you have higher inflammation rates, your body's compromised and you're going to end up getting sick with something. The other number that I encourage people to know is their D3, that is the level of your immune system. And doctors are finally, understanding the importance of D3. And so what you want that number to be is 70 or above. And again, I just came back from my physical, mine is at hundred. So I'm not going to be compromised there um, by coming down with a virus or something else because my immune, is, is my immune system is functioning very, very well. So I just encourage, you know, those two numbers, you have to ask for the test. Um, If you're getting ready to do a physical, or you just want to call your doctor and say, hey, I want to know these two numbers. Can you do a lab for me so that I can discover what my numbers are? Uh, That is what I'm encouraging people to do. So uh, if you decide that you uh, are interested in trying some of their products, uh, check out their website. They have testimonies, they have blogs, they have their own podcast that talks about different uh, areas of nutrition and the benefits. Um, They have a it's a very, very interactive site. And um, when you decide that you want to try something, if you put my name, L-U-C-Y, and the discount, uh, there's like a checkout and there's a discount area. If you click on discount and put my name in, they'll give you $5 off of each and every order. So um, that is a good thing. Uh, That's almost the price of a gallon of gas these days. (laughs) So that's kind of beneficial. All right, I have as a returning guest, Doug Warner and Doug and I, my goodness, we have done, I'm thinking maybe nine or 10 shows and four and a half years together now. And it's always such a fun thing for me to do a show with you, Doug, but you're a yoga and meditation teacher and you're a certified labyrinth facilitator. And you can tell people more about that because I'm sure the majority of listeners have no idea what a labyrinth facilitator is. You're also a Florida licensed massage therapist. And um, so, our topic today is going to be living our stories. So, welcome back to the show.
2: Thank you. Thank you again for having me, Lucy. I really appreciate it. I really enjoyed these these sessions we have together. I hope the folks at home are enjoying everything. I know they're enjoying what you guys are doing. I hope they're enjoying what I'm trying to throw out there. And maybe just to give you, I'm going to say it now, and we'll say it probably later. Mm -hmm. Uh, In order to contact me, just for follow-on, I'm going to talk about maybe some things I'm doing. um, Some things I have to offer that may be even live or virtual. The best way to, instead of giving you a whole thing about that, if you just contact me at my website, which is douglas, D-O-U-G-L-A-S, at, no breaks. Warner, W A R N E R, healingguidance.com. If there's anything I say today or we talk about that you want a loose, you know, you want a clarity on, you, Doug, what are you doing next? Or da, 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 da. How can we talk further? That's the one, that's one stop shopping. I'm not going to tell you about all the other stuff I'm doing. I do workshops. I do two workshops at least a month. I do retreats, virtual and live. I've actually my projection, because of COVID, we had, I've been doing all my retreats uh, virtually, but 2023, I'm in the process now of, of scheduling, planning a, a in-person retreat here in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, I do travel uh, in the Southeast and Florida and out you know, through the Carolinas and what have you. I do travel to do these things, and as we're opening up with COVID. So that being said, Douglas at WarnerHealingGuidance.com one-stop shopping. Well, I can discuss this with you guys later. I don't want to cut into more of our time.
1: So So we're going to be talking about these stories that um, we live, basically. um, And I'm thinking in in part, uh, some people refer to this as uh, the narratives that we tell ourselves. And I think the stories maybe is a better terminology, quite honestly, because we begin living the story, you know, as an infant and it doesn't stop until we die.
2: Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, and it's interesting. You mentioned that, that you, you, you felt that narrative and story might be story might be a little better. I have had that feedback from people when I've taught things and people go, you know, certain words don't uh for instance I've used the word paradigm before Mm -hmm. opposed to our narrative and I've used narrative before and the feedback I've gotten from folks is it was a really much more gentle exploration when you use the word story
1: I think that's that's true yeah I think that's very true and we read stories to our children you know the moment they're able to kind of sit up um, and sit beside us, we start reading little picture books. And so kids grow up understanding the word story.
2: Absolutely. And I'm going to just give you, I'm going to throw a few stories in here. Okay. <laughs> okay. It obviously makes sense to do that, right? Mm-hmm. So just my background, you, you, you mentioned it. One of the things I got involved in, and I've been in, enam- I'm a history major in college um, and graduate school. Um, hit stories story history is is a series of stories mm-hmm. if you really look at it like that it's if you really look at it it should be a, hit, a series of stories
1: right
2: and um my question would be then what i the question i ask is why are we so enamored with stories why is sto- i mean think about stories guide our lives you said like little children mm-hmm. we, we start reading to our children you're an author you've written a children's book at least one Um, and we're telling stories and, and here's why I would, I would ask the group here just to think for yourselves, why do you resonate with stories? Why? Why is it that I can, someone can communicate an idea, a concept, an opinion or whatever it is to you with a story much more effectively than some sort of, you know, report. Because as human beings, we're hardwired storytellers. This is how we learn.
1: Well, this is how also um, history was transmitted, you know, back in biblical times, is you went from one little community to the next, telling the story. The problem, of course, back then, and even today, to some degree, is who's telling the story, because it's through their eyes, through their perception of what that was all about, but the Bible is nothing more than a whole bunch of stories put into one book. And that's why the Old Testament and the New Testament have slightly different colors, if you will, um, because of the person telling the story.
2: And this is the beauty of it, because we have a false perception that there's an objective story. Mm -hmm. I used to tell my kids as they are growing up, I have adult children, And I said, if you've seen it on TV, don't assume it's true, even (laughs) if it's news. Right, right. Because everyone is putting their spin on the story.
1: Right. This is an
2: awareness we have to understand. So we, but stories, and I'm thinking the more personal experience, as a history man, yeah, we we take the stories, we sift them out, and we said, is there a thread of truth in here somewhere? Mm -hmm. You know, can we weed out opinion? But when we're using a storytelling, a story concept with our own personal exploration, all of that opinion and all of that subjectivity becomes very relevant.
1: Right. Because, I mean, your belief system is your belief system. So if you. you
2: Yeah.
1: And and if you (laughs) believe one thing and you're reading the story, you know, you're going to see it through those eyes. And then you know, if, if you're you know, coming from a different, maybe religious or political uh, viewpoint, you're gonna see that story through a different set of eyes.
2: Exactly. So my, my approach today with this conversation is we all understand we like stories, we watch TV, we, watch, we read books, we do soap operas, we do all these things. Okay, I don't have to go through that. But how can we leverage that understanding of storytelling to have a more objective observation of how we perceive ourselves and how we perceive our lives and where we were where we are and where we perceive we're going mm-hmm. and stories i believe in the original sense i mean you have there's different levels of stories i'm not going to go into that you know you have fairy tales and you have folk tales and you have these things but i'm going to be focusing primarily today on the hero's journey the heroic myth the heroic, because Most of the time, most of the time, stories were designed as teaching tools. They were designed to give us a a scenario where Mm -hmm. a person or persons are put into a life scenario. And that resembles something we may experience. And we are going to ask ourselves, how do I act? How do I react? What, what, What do I do next? And the story, which is culturally developed and maybe spiritually developed, of course, is teaching us how the hero, doesn't mean they're Superman or some Marvel comic thing, but how does the, the lead person, the protagonist in the story, how do they handle that? And that is to teach, the culture is teaching us through our stories, how we might wanna think about handling a life situation.
1: Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? No, you know, the, the uh, book that I no. always talk to children or, you know, like I've read it to children, but I've also recommended it to parents was the little engine that could you know, because, you know, how, if you approach life and the obstacles that you, you are going to face with the attitude of, I think I can, as opposed to, I don't think I can, you know, you'll have a much better outcome. And so it's all about that perception and what we want to like buy into, if you will.
2: So let's look at that. That's a great example. I love that one because it's very, everybody knows it and it's really simple. When you tell me that, when you said that, the first thing that came into my mind was not the intellectual thing. It wasn't words. It was a picture of that little train going up the hill.
1: Right. Exactly.
2: Okay. So this goes back to a human thing. We are, we are hardwired to tell stories. I mean, this started around the campfire when as hunter-gatherers or whatever, you know, the hunters are saying, hey, here's the story of this hunt and this is where we went and we have all this stuff and this is how to go get that antelope or whatever you were looking for. The gathering folks in the, in the, in the group were saying, hey, you know what, if you did this, I'm gonna tell you a story about that. And so the stories stick into our, they stick mm-hmm. as opposed to words, right. stories, imagery. We are visual, we're, we're storytelling creatures. And I believe then that is why. And the other part about stories is, especially with the visualization component, the good storyteller creates a, a picture, a little skull cinema <laughs> thing going on, right? Uh huh. And it appeals to a deeper level of how we learn. We're visual. We're very visual. And even before, you know, media. Uh, so... I think that in the sense of personal transformation, stories are something that may be underrated a little bit, but the little, the little, you know, the little train that could, all that, those are transformational stories. Okay. And the thing that comes up in here is a visual up here. So when we create a visual experience, an internal environment visual experience, and we interject that with a lesson, like you know, the one you just gave, it sticks with us more than just words, blah, 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 that a teacher says. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Because yeah. words, are the, the words are the vehicle of the intellect. The pictures, the imagery starts to tap into the heart knowing, the, the intuitive knowing.
1: Exactly, exactly. And I mean, you and I have talked in past shows that 95% of our waking moments are spent in the intellect, trying to understand something that's happening and Googling it and checking news sources and fact-checking and doing all these things that uh, you know are, I guess the internet and uh, social media has allowed us to learn how to do over the past number of years, probably 10 years at least. And so we intellectualize everything that we're doing. Uh, is this healthy? Isn't it, you know, is this a good idea? Uh, Who should I talk to about this? What test do I need to have run? You know, whatever it might be, we intellectualize it rather than going into our heart center. And as you said, that's your intuitive center. So when we go there, we have accurate answers. If we stay in our heads, we don't.
2: And I think if we stay in the world of words or numbers, we're really hamstringing ourselves. And I've had Mm -hmm. numerous experiences over the years teaching meditation and some of this kind of stuff, too is there is a, a fairly, I want to say, a large population of people who have a really hard time visualizing. Mm. I had a lady not that long, it was a few years ago, actually, I say not that long ago, but it, it wasn't. But, um, and she, I, I was doing a little exercise with the group, and I said, can you close your eyes, and can you visualize your car? Something we're all near and dear to, right? Right. This woman could not visualize her car. Really? I said, so what col- color is your car? Well, I know it's red. I say, can you close your eyes and see your red car? No. And so I thought this, maybe this was an anomaly. As it turned out, she was an accountant. Now, I'm not going to say anything about accountants. This is not being de- This is no derogative, uh, good or bad. But someone who has been trained to focus in one way with the mind, maybe allowed another part of our person our you know recollective being to atrophy now over time with meditative processes and working with visualizations and stuff she came a long way because it's there it just atrophied it was a muscle that atrophied she'd been working so much up here in the head that she had lost some of these other faculties or i should say they just they got weak she was able to reclaim them and storytelling is a great way to reframe and rejuvenize your ability to metaf- uh, to uh, visualize. And I'm going to tell you, my, I mean, I've always been in- involved with stories, but when I uh, got out of the military, I, I taught school, I taught fifth grade and I taught middle school and I was a language arts teacher. And we ended up one of the, the curriculum things, I was a fifth graders. one of the curriculum things was stories. Um, you know, you have a, okay, here's your component for literature. And then part of the things we have to talk about different kinds of stories, you know, myths, folk tales, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I had a component of the kids in my class that were just, wow, it connected with them. And it wasn't the kids who were the jocks. It wasn't the, the, the best students. It wasn't the, but there was, a, there was a definitive population, strong population in the classroom that said, we love, this is like great. And I said to him, I said, why do you like it? So you guys got television, you got movies. And back then, you know, DVDs and you, you got all this other stuff, the computer. I said, why are you so interested in stories? And the unanimous answer was because we can make the pictures up in our own head.
1: Ah, oh, yeah.
2: Somebody wasn't feeding us the image.
1: Right. Do you remember as a little boy, because I didn't do this, but my brothers did. And they had uh, army, you know, like a little cavalry sets and army rangers and things like that. And they would take in their bedroom, um, because they had the same bedroom together, they would take their blankets and pillows and they would make mountains and um, all kinds of stuff and position all of these little characters and they would play for hours. And so they were creating it. And I do think we've lost that with everything that is you know, available to you either through your phone or through the internet or or through streaming services like Disney Plus, I think we've lost that component of being Absolutely. able to create on our own.
2: I, am, I I agree, I agree totally. And yes, I was that kid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I grew up, listen, my dad was in the Marines in World War II, I grew up on hearing horse stories about his dad and we, there's, a, there's a little family history of some uh-huh. people in war. Anyway. Stories were a big part of my formation. And yeah, I did play with the toy soldiers and we did create all those things. And I think that most people do. And the power of the story then becomes what you're saying. Inevitably, we are looking to put ourselves in the story. We wanna see where do we fit into that story?
1: Uh-huh.
2: And the stories that, re- that resonate, with more people, now I think this is why bestsellers pop up, I think from the beginning of time, why, what stories grabbed people by the collar and, and resonated with them, the stories that resonated with what they were experiencing or had experienced in their lives,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: they're looking in the story not just to see themselves, but to have hope.
1: Well, I think that's why all the Harry Potter books became so incredibly popular, is Harry was the hero and he was coming through it, even though he was up against challenge after challenge, he could figure it out.
2: Okay, so this is gonna drive us right to how these things work and why I've chosen, there's, because there's a lot of story motifs. If you're a, you know, uh, my uncle was an author and, you know, allegedly there's only seven real plots. In books, the seven plot themes, you know, and mm-hmm. then everything is an extrapolation. But um, I believe there's there's a number of story plots, but the one I think that w- is the one that wins in Hollywood, in literature, and in developing and moving our you know our personal journeys through is mm-hmm. the hero story.
1: Uh-huh. I just
2: want to say one of the things is that the most the most important things in life, the big stuff. Have to be told in parable story form.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Why? Because the intellectual stuff, I can discuss a math topic with you that's not in story form.
1: Uh-huh.
2: But we're, we're having to discuss love or compassion or purpose and all these other things, words fall short, and this is why all the spiritual teachers that I'm aware of, historically including the Bible, okay? they have used stories and parables to communicate these things because then people can put themselves into the story and go, I got it. I see what you're talking about. Right. Because stories were sharing an approximation of an experience. Maybe you've never been on a roller coaster. And I know I'm not a good one right now in Florida, but, um, and I'm trying to, if I can create I'm going to tell you with the best I can intellectually, well you do this and you do that. But if I can give you a story that helps approximate an experience that you may be, you can relate to, then you get it. Mm -hmm. I can can ask a hundred people what love is. And I'm going to get a hundred different definitions. Right. Most popular word in all music, all literature, all poetry is the word love yet. Nobody has an agreed on definition. But if I tell you a story that tweaks you at a level where it's like, that's my experience. Yeah, I get what you're saying now because I put myself in the experience of the story. I'm gonna tell just, I like this little story just because I like it. Um, <laughs> and it's an anecdote actually, it's not even a made up story. There were a second grade class, teacher has got all the, tit- the kids uh, drawing a picture and it was how teachers used to do, right? You know, busy time. Hey, take out a piece of paper, take out a pencil and crayons and draw something. While well, the teacher tries to figure out what they're going to do next. And she's walking around the room and second graders, right? And there's a little girl there at the desk and she's drawing something. And the teacher says, honey, what, what are you drawing? And, she, and the kid said, well, I'm drawing a picture of God. And the teacher laughed. Honey, nobody knows what God looks like. And the kid said, give me a couple of minutes and you will.
1: Wow. Wow. Okay. That's very cool.
2: I thought that was a cool story. It is. I wasn't be- it was because it was a story uh-huh I mean did that just communicate to you something absolutely that saying something you know oh and then there was a teacher and then they have this discussion about no I just boom wow blow the top off your head hmm story communicated I'll have okay. a couple others later all right so approximation of an experience so what I want to kind of th- talk about is um We're looking at stories. Why do we enamored with them? We're looking to find ourselves in the story. Who do I resonate in this story? Who do I resonate with? Oh, it may not be this person, may be that person, et cetera. Um, It's another way to be an objective observer. So uh, one of the things we have to be really careful of when we start to use stories this way is sometimes to read a story, let me ask you this how many what are your favorite stories i I don't need an answer but if you want to share what are the favorite books what are your favorite stories what are your favorite movies and why i suspect that for many people i know for me i'm going to talk about me personally i my favorite stories my favorite shows my favorite movies my favorite television programs where where was i was able to identify with the hero I wanted to be that person, that person, how they were acting in the story, resonated with what I was looking for. That's how I, that's, that's what got me. I didn't resonate with the, the villain. And if you do, you do. I mean, that's not judging here, but who did I resonate with?
1: Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know, for myself at the moment, you know, the different books I've always recommended to parents. Uh, the ones that I've really enjoyed to read or the movies I've enjoyed watching. I don't know that I always identify personally with the hero, but I identify with the message. So for me, personally, it's always the bigger message of, of what was the story or movie about. And somehow, you know, I, I see that. I see that as maybe the message that I give people as well. We're going to take a quick pause, Doug, and we'll be right back. Um, We're going to have a message from uh, one of the sponsors. And uh, so join us back here in just a couple of seconds.
0: Are you feeling stressed and anxious about life? Have elevated blood pressure? Experiencing weight gain? Having problems with your immune system? Getting healthy and staying healthy is more important than ever, and it has never been easier when you have fundamental nutrition from Boomer Products. Restore the youth and vitality you are used to in just minutes a day. Check out our website at www.boomerboost.com to see thousands of reviews from customers just like you who are benefiting from Boomer Products. While you're there, check out our podcasts, blogs, and videos, and get caught up on the latest health news and information. Use promo code Lucy at checkout. That's L-U-C-Y to save $5 on your order. Stop existing and start living today with Boomer Products.
1: Welcome back to the Synergy Connection Show. And I have as my guest, Doug Warner. And Doug and I are talking about living our stories. And uh, right before the break, uh, we were talking about, you know, how you identify with a particular uh, story that you're reading or that you love, or that movie that you love. Uh, there's a couple of series. Like one of the ones that I absolutely, I've watched it multiple times, and again, I love the message. Um, was Anne with an E, uh, and it's about Anne of Green Gables. But maybe I do identify with her in that story, uh, and it was on for three seasons as uh, Netflix, I believe, uh, or it might've been, you know, a public broadcasting kind of show, but I, you know, absolutely adore the characters and adore that particular show. Uh, there's been a recent one uh, called All Creatures Great and Small, and it's based on James Harriet's books and, about a veterinarian right after uh, World War II. So um, I think that, you know, people gravitate toward those kind of stories that um, maybe speak to their heart uh and not to their intellect
2: i think so and i i and i again i i i'm going to focus with our time frame here on the story motif that i think is the most um healing for the average person and i'm going to go back to what i was saying a little bit earlier is how can we leverage stories not just um Reading or watching stories, and that we've talked about, We're, that was kind of talking about why do we like them? Why are we still storytelling? There's very little difference between sitting around the campfire, ten thousand years ago, and telling a story, <laughs>
1: uh-huh. and
2: sitting around the TV and watching Marvel comics. Right? Okay, there's really not. It's a technological difference. It's not a human developmental difference. Uh-huh. So. How do we leverage this then? How do we leverage this understanding instead of just surrendering ourselves to media or surrendering ourselves to books and reading the books and which is all great, but we start to understand the power story and how can we manipulate that? How can we leverage that for self-objective, objective observation? And how can we then put our lives in perspective with what has been given to us since the beginning of human human history as far as we know is here's how you should be doing stuff that's why the stories are there they're to teach us somebody is teaching us how to do something how to oh my gosh I just got divorced what am I supposed to do with that there may be a story for that how I just lost I lost somebody in my life I just lost everything in my life I'm in a war I'm not all these things all these human experiences there's a story for Mm -hmm. in most cultures right so i want to break down the i want to break down the hero's journey what my 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 challenge to you my i'm enjoining you if you will to take start to look at your own life and at my age i've been looking at my life a lot (laughs) because most of my life is in the past and i don't know how much is in the future but the point is you're trying to make sense of it and you're trying to determine right action in present time Mm -hmm. How do I know what to do next? Stories will inform us. But we also can look at our own lives in the context of a story, which means that we're stepping back. You're now on the screen. You're now on the page. And now another part of you is observing the flow of your story. And I was just saying off off camera uh, or off off, uh, session here just before we started uh, with Lucy, I said, you know, um, we, I'll go back to that. I'll go back to that in a second because it's, it's, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. All right, so here's, if we look at our lives in the sense that we're in a hero's journey and we're the hero. I know you may not feel like a hero. You may feel to yourself, I'm a, I'm a disaster. i have made all the wrong decisions or I shouldn't have done this. I should have done that, blah, blah, blah. But as I was saying, but I'm coming back to it, I said, you know, in, when we're reading a book and it's, let's say it's whatever the story is and this hero's at, in chapter two, at the end of chapter two, they're hanging by their fingernails off the edge of cliff, and it looks like they're done for. Hey, this guy's done, this woman's done. And I always say, well, wait till chapter 20 because they're mm. gonna come back. Mm. And if we look at our lives as chapter by chapter, there's always the option of redemption and, and, and making it, salvation, whatever you want to call it. The hero doesn't lose, but there are times in the hero's experience it looks like they're going to lose. So and look,
1: even if the hero were to die, and because I'm thinking of movies, they don't lose because they, they come back, their message comes back, something comes back to say, this is the way life yeah. is, and this is the lesson to be learned and so
2: Christians we're coming up on that story aren't we yes you're coming up (laughs) and the hero did die Uh
1: uh-huh
2: and the the hero (laughs) did come back
1: yes yes
2: okay so Easter by the way Good Friday Easter just letting you know connect the dots there so the three parts so if we start to start to think okay my life is this hero's journey I don't know about that because I feel like a real loser Doug and I'm like I don't know what to do next If we start to look at what comprises the hero's journey and put yourself into this model a little bit, there are three stages of the hero's journey. And if you guys have pens and paper, you might even want to write them down. The first one is Mm self-understanding. The second step is self-transformation. The third step is self-realization or transcendence. Transcendence these are the steps the hero goes through that make him a hero make a hero is not made by success after success in fact without failures along the way that's not a hero's journey
1: you know i'm also thinking right now as you were talking about the movie rocky there you go and there he is you know i mean he started out kind of down and out but at the end everybody was rooting for him as he ran up and down the steps you know preparing for his fight. Um, he he found his way, found his inner strengths and, you know, pursued it.
2: And we've got so many stories that I mean Rocky, why and think about the stories, especially when you've got a series like uh-huh. Rocky, and I think Rocky's out there Rocky 27. I don't look right. <laughs> right. But no, but really why? Why are people wanting to come back to because that is a hero's journey that everybody resonates with.
1: Right, right.
2: And so I'm going to go to some others. I mean, think about Star Wars.
1: Yes. Yeah. And There's a right lot
2: of hero where... journey stuff going on right there. Yes. And it's an unfolding of this. And why do we, we want to know where this is happening. What's going on here.
1: There yeah, are some stories. The next one, because we want to see where it goes. So where we do
2: we go? And we want to see where our life goes. Mm-hmm. So looking at that first level, that self-understanding, this is where the hero goes, steps out. hmm Uh, The the big question is, you know, we we encounter this question in our lives at various times, maybe when we're seven years old, maybe when we're 15 years old, and maybe over and over again, we we encounter this, this one question, who am I? And one of the biggest themes in that part of the hero's journey is searching for the father or searching for your roots. Now, in different cultures, it's searching for the mother. In other cultures, it's searching for the father. Where where do I come from? Who am I? Mm -hmm. And so we understand this kind of
1: childlike
2: and adolescent-like, but not so much relegated to just them. That's where it begins. But I'm going to say at my stage in life, does that question come up? Of course it does.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Okay. Who am I? And I'm going out into the world to answer that. And then the other question, the big one, where's my home? Where's my center? Mm -hmm. Home is a medical. Where is my center? Number three, what's my purpose? In the yoga tradition, we call it your Dharma, but what's my purpose? Not my meaning, my purpose.
1: Mm-hmm. And that is, if that is such a hard one for people to, I'm, you know, as a therapist, I'm working with several individuals right now that are trying to figure out and they're in the middle of their life. What is my purpose? You know, it wasn't just to be a mom or a dad. It wasn't just to be a coworker or own a company or anything else. What is my true purpose? And, and that's a tough one to answer, but I think these stories reveal maybe what your purpose is.
2: They can. And I want to say one thing about purpose. And this. And I'm not going to overly leverage this because I do teach uh, yoga, uh, yoga applied philosophy. And we look at Dharma. I believe every decision we make, which can be moment by moment, day by day, hour by hour, those are Dharma decisions. Those are purpose decisions. Mm-hmm. We have to be able to reflect that. I have to, do I go here or do right. I go there? And if I have some evolving clarity of where I, what are my roots, what's my center, what's my purpose, we mm-hmm. have these three mirrors to reflect off of to help us guide to the next move. If I'm more clear about what my purpose is, And my purpose will change moment by moment. It's not necessarily the purpose. Whoa, which way out here? The purpose of your life was this, but your purpose changes right now. My purpose is to do this.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Now things have changed. I can shift because I have a different ability, a different range of motion with my perception to say my purpose ultimately is, you know, being centered, being, you know, these things, but, moment by moment, if I simply have a reflective tool to see myself and say, right now, what do I need to do right now? That's in relationship to these other things. So this is, so what's my purpose? So the hero starting off getting out the door, the front door of the house. Who am I? What are my roots? Where's my home? Where's my center? What's my purpose? And then what am I looking for? But, and this becomes this object. This is such a great thing in the hero story. What is the object of my quest? I love the word quest.
1: Man of La Mancha. <laughs> the Man
2: of La Mancha, yeah. the Holy Grail. Yes. Everything, the whole Knights of the Round Table, everybody was on a quest. And what were they looking for? It was not an external journey, it was an internal
1: journey. Internal. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. What's the treasure? All of them were looking for this treasure, right?
1: and it's right there the holy
2: grail the the golden fleece or you know the ring uh, of power and all these other things that you know these stories are telling us they're metaphors so think of star wars think of the wizard of oz wizard of oz dorothy lands in this place right and she's on now every hero's journey Mm -hmm. she's got to follow a path path has kind of been dictated for if you just follow this path you're going to get to where you're going
1: Mm
2: -hmm. so she's searching for what
1: a way to get home
2: who's <laughs> looking for her center. Where's yeah. my home?
1: Where's your home
2: and and as these other things evolve, she starts away. She collects people or or creatures or whatever you want to call them you've know, got a tin man and a lion and a scarecrow and you get all these things and these other traveling companions you're on this journey and you're not on the journey alone that is a message of the hero's journey too. It is alone it's a it's a personal quest, but you also can look around and enjoy those around you because they're on their own quest right and everyone you know one person's looking for courage one person's looking for you know intellectual acumen another person's looking for um uh, uh love you know compassion and she's looking to go home mm-hmm. but they're all going in the same direction on the same path
1: mm-hmm.
2: and what did they learn when they got to the end
1: there was not well was,
2: they had it with right. them
1: all along the whole time. right
2: so this journey of self-exploration the hero realizes that what they were looking externally for they possessed internally and it's an internal revelation that the treasure is not outside but it's inside but we use these stories as a metaphor for that journey does that make sense
1: oh absolutely i mean sure A lot of times when I'm talking to individuals that I see, you know, uh, professionally, you know, it's to explain that we are nothing more than vibrational creatures. We are constantly um, vibrating at whatever level, whether it's a negative or a positive level, which then in turn, you know, feeds what's happening to us. So if we can quiet our minds enough to be centered and listen to you know what is happening externally to us, then we can react differently internally.
2: Absolutely. So the first level of looking at your life, looking at yourself, is that idea of self-understanding. And many of us, we that's not relegated to being a kid or an adolescent. We're all at different. We're, we're floating, but between these these levels, it isn't <laughs> hierarchical. Right. We Something in life can throw us way off base. And we go back to like, I need to regroup and figure out where the hell I'm going, who I am, et cetera, et cetera. You get a divorce at age 50, boom, you, have, you lose a partner, you lose a friend, you, you lose a job. You have to regroup and you may be starting again with this hero's journey. But the point is you're starting again with the hero's journey. That understanding will guide you through the process, I believe.
1: Well, and, and that, that's not any different, like you were saying, Star Wars, you know, we, we couldn't wait to see what the next movie showed of that journey, or if they're if you're looking at Harry Potter, you know, and the different books, you couldn't wait until the next book came out, because he was going to be facing other adversities, and how was he going to come through that, so that is the story of life, is we have one adversity or obstacle after another, but how do we come through it, our choices...
2: That's perfect because that's step one, the self-understanding. We come in and so we're on the we're on the path. We're, we're we're working towards self-understanding. We're looking for all these things and we have these experiences and we confront enemies or flying monkeys or whatever the heck. Who, I mean whoever came up with flying monkeys, I don't know. Don't like flying monkeys. <laughs> I <have> flying squirrels. <laughs> but anyway, you're going through life as you said, and you're navigating all these things. Who are my allies? Who are my what, what are my obstacles? What powers? What, what skills do I have? What, what's my innate strength? You know, mm-hmm. we're starting to understand how to navigate. And then we come to this next level of the hero's journey, which is self-transformation. Mm. This is the linchpin. At some point in the hero's journey, and look at, and you can look at um, uh, the Wizard of Oz. You can look at Star Wars. You can look at any of these other hero's journeys. You can look at, you know, Odysseus. You can look at. Greek mythology or whatever, uh, Lord of the Rings, it all comes down to at some point, the hero comes to a place where he or she surrenders to something bigger than themselves. Mm -hmm. They start to realize this is not about me or it's not totally about me. And this idea of surrendering to this sense of duality between me and you and I'm sorry, the hero is transforming. Their perspective is transforming. That's the key. The hero changes perspective. And that this becomes then I'm doing this for a re, I went into this for one thing. Think about Han Solo in Star Wars. He went in as a mercenary. He comes out as a hero. He went in with one idea. And so did all these other people we talked about.
1: Right, right.
2: And so self-transformation is moving from self-driving. I'm trying to do something for me, and I realize that I'm surrendering to something bigger than myself, which actually self-actualizes me. I realize I'm not fulfilled until I change my perspective. And then I've moved into an open idea of, this isn't just for me to get better. This is something bigger. I'm here to help this person. Right. I'm going to help this person. And we, we, don't get, we don't finish the race until we finish it together. Right. And then we go into the, because I know we're, we're getting close on time here, but the last one is this self-realization. So self, I call it transcendence. Is that when you, I'll give you a story. I've used this story with, with you before and other things we've done. Talking about self-transformation. The uh, Joseph Campbell, the mythologist who passed away a few years ago, um, he gave a story, a real story about a policeman who was called to a uh, suicide, somebody who was going to jump off a bridge and commit suicide. So the cop goes there, pulls his cruiser his up, this guy's on the edge of the bridge ready to jump and he leaps out and barely grabs this guy from going over the edge and he almost went over. Finally help came and everybody got pulled back to safety and you know, his fellow police, somebody said, what the hell were you thinking, dude? You almost died trying to save that guy. And he said, why'd you do it? And all that cop could say was this, I don't know. But that for one brief moment, I realized that what happened to that person was going to happen, would happen to me. Not literally, mm-hmm. but there was a sense of a lack of him and me, and it was an us.
1: Right, that
2: is the transformational part of the hero's journey, that transformational part. The transcendence part, the self-realization, is the bigger self. And, and this does bring us often, often, and I think this will resonate with a lot because it resonates with me, is as we go into that linchpin of transcending, we often get into that place of a momentary breakdown to a breakthrough.
1: Right, right. And I think a lot of people over these last two and a half years of what we've all been through, we're there, you know, emotionally, we're there. Um, And so, you know, it's time to maybe step back and make that determination of where do we want to go with our life? What is important to us? You know, maybe we do want to find what our true purpose is for being alive and being all of these. 50 trillion uh, vibrational cells, you know, that are in this physical body of ours, I I wanted to share something. This was so weird. Um, I have been packing to move, as you know, and this book literally fell on the floor instead of into the box. And so, you know, I I took that as definitely uh, I'm supposed to look at this. And I picked it up and I had no idea, uh, even when I bought it, But I had written some notes and the notes were tucked inside the book. So I looked at my notes and I'm going to read this to you because it absolutely fits with what you just said. And that is we decide our soul test. We're all different leaves on the same tree. And what happens to one happens to all. And I think that that is incredibly, the name of the book, by the way, is Blessed with Energy. And um, it's by Marcy, M-A-R-C-Y Myers, M-E-Y-E-R-S, if anybody wants to look the book up. Um, But it's all about um, actually the mystery of energy medicine explained with science and scripture, which I thought was super interesting. Um, because I'm not necessarily a scripture kind of a person. But evidently, when I bought this book, there was some reason I bought it all those years ago. And it's just been sitting on my bookshelf. And obviously, I had read parts of it. I don't think I read it all. But to have written these few notes to myself, and now coming back and seeing the notes, it's kind of like, wow, okay, you know, the universe does work in very mysterious ways to teach us, but we have to be open. And, and this hero's journey that we're on requires that openness in my mind, that we have to be able to, and be willing to see life differently than maybe we thought it was.
2: I, I agree 110%. And I know we are coming towards the end of our time, but I want to say, I want to give the last, to me, this is, this is what makes the whole thing a hero's journey.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Everything else was moving in one direction. Right. You get to that place of transformation. You get to that place of transcendence and you realize all these things that you realize. And I see my life, I see it there. The hero is defined by one thing, I believe personally. They turn around and they go back.
1: And what do they go back to do? Teach. Ah. So, they get the aha uh-huh moments and then they want to bring others along.
2: It's, it's with... finding the treasure. If you find the treasure, you find the holy grail, the, the golden fleece, you find whatever it is at the end of the trail. Uh-huh. And this is, and I'm going to say something about the labyrinth. I can't teach the labyrinth very well here in a non visual environment, but I am doing a, a couple workshop series coming up in April. I've mentioned before, we're going to use the labyrinth in the storytelling fabric. A way um get go to douglas at warner email me and i'll give you all the info we can open a discussion but the the trick is the hero blazes through all these experiences and gets this huge aha moment and oh it's all great and so what mm-hmm. oh what a good boy am i
1: right
2: as opposed to pivoting around and coming back out and the return and sharing the treasure because that is the hero's journey. In the Buddhist tradition, they have this concept of the bodhisattva. And the bodhisattva is, is a, an adept uh, you know, practitioner who um, comes into realization, you know, nirvana, et cetera, et cetera. And instead, of in the Buddhist tradition, now I'm not teaching reincarnation, I'm just telling you what the Buddhist tradition is, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. that they go and they get there and it's like, woohoo, I did it. Oh, and I got it. And the bodhisattva says, yeah. I got to go back and get the other guys. Mm. It's a soldier who goes back and collects up the wounded and brings them up forward. That's the guy who gets the Congressional Medal of Honor. Right. Not the guy who flew through enemy fire and, and didn't get killed. It was the guy who went back. I say guy or woman. Who went back and said, I, got, I know it. I know how to get through here. I just did it. I'm going to help you. That is the hero's journey. And when I try to defend, to, to define that and try to convince people that they've been heroes and they are heroes in their lives, and I don't know, I'm not a superhero, I don't have any. And I said, think about a, a mother who sacrifices for her children. Think about maybe a single mom who gave up a career temporarily or fully to do something else. Mm-hmm. Think about, those are heroes. These are the unsung heroes of the moment. they've they've gotten to all this, what happens to you happens to me and blah, blah, blah. They've gone through it in a very small world, but a very big world. And they have turned around and taken them, thrown that other person over their shoulder and said, we're going to get through this together. Mm -hmm. That is the hero. The hero is not a hero because if the hero just goes in and has all these experiences and now I know who I am and I got the treasure and I'm going to keep going for it. That's just an adventurer. Uh Uh That's a pirate, (laughs) a brave pirate, but it was just a pirate. Right. The person who says, and that's like the Han Solo guy in Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I get it now. Uh, This isn't done until it's done. I can't, I can't let that guy jump off the bridge because if I let him jump off the bridge, I can't live. I don't know why, but I just have this sense of it that not because of guilt, it's just because I understand that there's such a deep connection between everyone else and myself that I have to act that way. And the hero may have to go through lots of stuff in their brain to get there. But if they turn around and they said, I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna bring others with me.
1: Mm.
2: Now the knowledge I understand. That is the definition of a hero. And I suspect that if most people in this audience, this audio audience looks at their lives, And either looks back or going forward, looking back, you can redefine yourself in actions and decisions you've made as, you know, I didn't realize that was a heroic moment, but it was kind of was, and going forward, what do I do next? What do I do with this success? What do I do with this movement in this direction? Mm -hmm. How do I leverage it? Mm -hmm. Is it for me alone? Or is it something bigger? Right. Right. So anyway, that's,
1: well, that's um, what, you know I'm just I'm also I'm very very visual as you well know and um, so one of the things as you were talking that I I kept thinking about is this tree of life that we truly are all part of the tree of life and we're separate leaves on it yes but the well-being of the tree is represented in how healthy the leaves are right. And so, you know, maybe a part of what we've been experiencing for two and a half years is that bigger understanding of our environments. It's a bigger understanding of who we are within planet Earth. Um, and in terms of our physical well being and our emotional and spiritual and intellectual well being, that it's not all separate little branches, but it's all part of this bigger tree.
2: And I'm going to say just this is not any way political. I don't, want to, I don't ever want to be political. But what, one of the things of looking beyond the surface of this whole thing with Ukraine and Russia and everything, the world response, it's interesting. I mean, put politics aside, everybody's got an opinion. I'm, I'm not working through that. But one of the things to go beyond the surface is all of a sudden, maybe it's because of media, maybe it's because of exposure, maybe whatever. But there seems to be, this sense of connection with a group of people who are in a struggle.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And innately, because most, I'm gonna tell you the truth, most Americans don't understand the politics of Ukraine. In fact, most Americans couldn't find Ukraine on the map, I hate to say it, but the truth is, and at least until recently, it's not that you're so geopolitically tuned, it's a story. Mm-hmm. There's a story of a people that are going through something and people are and by the way both sides are storytellers
1: mm-hmm.
2: both people are spinning stories as they always do
1: right depending what on their framework
2: uh-huh what story do you resonate with and why mm-hmm. and why is there a mobile almost a global you know there's some political stuff going out there uh, one country want, doesn't want to do this, and one country doesn't want to do that because of politics. But in reality, there seems to be an emotional, human response, out, not just in this country but across the world, for for the for the people in Ukraine. Right. Now, I'm not saying I know the history of Ukraine. I know a little bit about that, and I said, you know, nobody's perfect, no government's perfect, et cetera, et cetera. But there is a story there and the story is powerful it is it's the hero's story think about that that is a current hero's journey right there now it, it happens to be a group of people in hero mode yeah but what makes that
1: right exactly and but just, it is always so much fun to have you we could talk and we have in the past for hours So um, tell everybody one more time, how they can reach you and sign up for any of your virtual, or if they're local, how they can come and work with you personally.
2: Thank you. I've got, I'm here in the Tampa Bay area. I have things that I'm doing locally, things that I, and some of them are live, and I do have a number of things I'm doing virtually. Instead of giving you all that information, do one thing. Email me, douglas, D-O-U-G-L-A-S, at Warner, healingguidance.com. We will connect. I will get you in the loop for whatever I can offer you.
1: All right. Thank you again. And everybody go out there and please make this your best life. Reach out to others, help them along the way. Share the podcast when you can. Until next time. Bye bye.